paramedic 35 for a medical call, 1400 Richmond Parkway, across from Eugene Hyman, Kima, 605 Henry, medic 35. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fort Bend County EMS Training Division Podcast. I am your host, Lieutenant Javier Delarosa, and joining me today is the Director of Health and Human Services for Fort Bend County, Dr. Mentor. Uh, Dr. Mentor, good morning. Good morning. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. We know uh, you're busy. Thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure to do this. I think we're all really busy in this uh, season right now, so it's, it's nice to take a break and chat about a few things. Oh, great. And again, thanks for thanks for joining us. So a couple of things. Number one, this is part of our leadership series. Um, so we're been, we've been talking to leaders across uh, our industry and others, really, uh, about their past to leadership and then any kind of pearls they, they have to pass along about being a leader and what it takes and then uh, what they look to bestow on those that would like to follow in their footsteps. So again, thanks for joining us. So if you could do us a favor and just talk about your professional past and what brought you to what you're doing now and just kind of your background, if you don't mind. Oh, no, I don't mind at all. So I, I think I would say it was kind of a non-traditional path to where, where I am. So I started out as a chemical engineer. I was a chemical engineering major in college and um, I kind of planned to go the, the private uh, industry route. Um, I am much older. So um, when I was in college, the Challenger explosion happened at NASA. And I was from a NASA town. Um, and so that is really what got me into public service. I switched from um, looking at a career in private industry to um, wanting to um, work in this, this industry. I had um, done some, you know, done some work for them in, in high school and in, in college, but decided that my career would be um, with, with NASA and going to return to flight for the shuttle programs. That was a great career. I loved that career. Um, Gone to grad school with that, planning to go into engineering management. And, you know, sometimes you take a course that interests you in something else. And uh, I had definitely uh, been interested in the healthcare industry, but um, my tour with NASA, you know, that, that's the path I thought I was going to pursue. Um, but then in grad school, getting a, a master's in engineering management, I took a course in healthcare management just as an elective to kind of fill the schedule. And that piqued my interest. Um, I thought about the way the healthcare system in the 80s was organized, felt like it needed a little bit less of the business mindset and more of the uh, medical mindset. And so that uh, changed my path and I, I decided to go to med school. Um, loved clinical medicine. I thought I would only be in the, the business portion, but I loved clinical medicine and um, fell in love with pediatrics. I was at first in Cleveland and um, loved doing the research there that I did in, in pediatric heart research and um, was cold and decided I needed to be in a warmer place. And I was told I'd not even heard at that point, I hadn't even heard of Baylor um, and the Texas Medical Center. So shame on me, but uh, was informed. And that's what got me eventually to the Houston area, um, had a couple of kids and decided that maybe a pediatric thoracic surgeon wasn't going to be good for a family person and uh, veered into public health and um, have been there ever since. So that kind of kind of got me where I am. Wow, and that's a that's a really impressive path, and, and we're glad you found Baylor in, in the Houston area. Can we can we talk, dive a little bit more into public health? So how, how long have you been with Fort Bend County and then kind of uh, how has your role evolved? Um, what brought you kind of here in that public health role? Yeah, so um, as I said, you know, kind of because of family issues, I decided to take a different path. And in that, um, ended up meeting a public health nurse uh, way back in, I guess it was maybe 97, 98. 
And uh, she was the first one that introduced me to what on the ground public health was. And she actually was reaching out to get it's Nancy Drake, and uh, she's kind of a, a historical staple in Fort Bend County. The clinic is named after. And uh, she, you know, she said, you really need a um, tuberculosis physician out here. And I said, oh, I don't do infectious disease. And she said, well, I don't know. You just come out because we really need some help. And um, based on what she showed me and the need in the community back then, I uh, took her up on her offer um, and actually worked in a lot of the, the rural communities doing tuberculosis in children um, and worked in the med center as well. Um, got a lot of good training there. So that's really my intro was a public health nurse and me. And the passion that she had um, and the work that they did, all of the nurses in this, this area that I worked with um, were just incredible. And uh, so so that's that's really when the switch came that got me here. Um, and then in uh, 2000, I guess it was, yeah, in, in 2000, 2001, um, they needed a, a, a director to kind of help put all of the health and human services departments in one umbrella. And so the uh, commissioners approached me, I think at that time it was Judge Adolphus, and uh, asked if I'd be interested. And um, I, I took that opportunity, and, and that was at 9-11 occurred then. And so uh, that was a busy, busy season um, and worked worked with the county, um, getting funds then, getting a few things established. And um, and, and then I left to, to go home and, and take care of kids. So um, I did that. And it came back in when Dr. Kendrick uh, reached out because one of the other physicians was leaving and they needed a tuberculosis physician. So I kind of phased back in. And that was in 2017. Some of the staff was still here. So it was great reconnecting with them. Um, tuberculosis had changed and the management had changed. So I learned a lot again, owe a lot to public health nurses and um, continue to work with them. And then as Dr. Kendrick transitioned out, you know, took the opportunity to, to transition in. Yeah, what a... What a wonderful path, and from public health, and then being on the ground, um, doing what you do with the pediatric tuberculosis to where you are now today. And I think that's really kind of what we want to talk about now is uh, you're facing a difficult time. Uh, we've been in, in several of our podcasts. We've alluded to, to kind of 2020 being uh, the year of the global pandemic, and as we move into 2021, I think that's not going away anytime soon. Um, what's been the most challenging aspect of the day to day opera your day to day? Um, dealing with this, right? You're in the, the middle of a public health crisis, dealing, working directly as the director of basically public health. What is it? What's the most challenging part of your day? I think that the constant not feeling like I'm getting any task completed. You know, there's there's something coming at you all the time, um, and it, it's interesting. It's it's definitely uh, challenging. I, I I'm a completer. I like to get things done, and you don't feel like you're ever getting anything done. I think that's the most challenging on the day-to-day level. You know, for me, it's I, I'm the exact same way. I like to finish things, right, and feel uh, that sense of accomplishment. I'm, I'm currently in, in a, a graduate program myself and, we're, and just took a leadership course. And one of the things I had us do early on in the course was journal daily. And uh, and it wasn't really just a journal, right, because there's some people that just don't like that. But And I'm one of those. I don't like journaling. But what it really did was I want you to capture something you accomplished that day. No matter what it is, it could have been making your bed. It could have been successfully getting out of bed and brushing your teeth. Whatever that accomplishment was for the day, as small as an insignificant as it may seem, write it down, um, and then and then reflect back. At kind of at the end of a week, reflect back and say, "Hey, look, I did things. I accomplished things. Um, they may I may have forgotten about them because they were small and they happened on Monday. We got this task done. We we knocked this off our our uh, punch list. But whatever it is, get those things done and write them down." Uh, and that was ex- incredibly helpful for me 
to go back and look and say, yep, I am doing things even though they seem small. Very true. I would agree with that. And what is, so what would you say has been your most rewarding uh, day-to-day kind of as you go through uh, the, what at this point almost seems mundane, I would think, you know, just COVID, COVID, COVID. What's been the most rewarding part of your day? Well, I don't, for me, it's not mundane. It's COVID, 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 like Marsha, 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 right? Um, It's always something different. It's definitely always a different challenge. Um, But I think the most rewarding, relationships always, being able to enter, being able to serve, and being able to watch. I think uh, I've been really fortunate in being able to watch younger people uh, grow and develop. We've had a lot of change. We've had a lot of additions to the um, HHS department. And I really enjoy watching people um, learn and grow and take on new challenges. So that those those relationships that's that's really been um, that's been the most rewarding. And to stay in the same vein, what's been your most rewarding role throughout your career? And then kind of in the same thing as well, what's been your most your greatest professional accomplishment? Yeah. So um, hmm, I think my most rewarding role and it because I like to mentor is actually being a mom. I have three children and um, I really, really, that's, you know, to step out of a career and to, um, you know, to, to or switch careers and then to, to do a hundred percent stay at home uh, mom type work, which I kind of didn't stay at home, but anyway, uh, I think that was a great training for a lot of the other things that I do. Um, and I think that that certainly it's, those rewards you get much, much later. So you learn to be patient. You learn to um, be in there for the long haul. You learn to take small victories where they are. And, and you learn to, to say, you know what, this will, um, the challenges will pass, take the to benefits um, and rewards with some of the losses as well. So I think that's been, um, that's been rewarding. And as a professional accomplishment, I, you know, maybe that hasn't happened yet. You know, I don't know if I'd say that I had the greatest professional accomplishment. I, I really loved every job I've ever had because I think I've been blessed to be able to, to just choose what I do. Um, and so I guess I don't think about myself as, you know, trying to accomplish something professionally. I'm just a person that goes out to serve every day. Um, and if I thought about the, the role, maybe I, I love being a clinician. Uh, because I like working with families. I, I like working with them to get them to better health and get them through diseases. So I, I like, you know, I really like being a clinician, but I don't know about the greatest professional accomplishment. That was an interesting question because I, did, I don't know that I have one. And so the funny thing is you said being a mom and uh, I'm going to, you know, back to the class I'm, I just, just finished. Um, they, we, we did an exercise and they said, my superpower is, and we had to describe what our superpower was. And I said, my superpower is being a dad, um, because our dadding, uh, I made it for some reason that way. But, um, and, and I, I kind of said the same thing you did. And number one, being a father has taught me quite a bit about my, myself and then kind of what I see in my child. Right. So, uh, and I want to raise her to be respectful and, and do all of the things correctly. But what that means is I have to lead. And lead successfully and and be equitable, right? Be patient, um, show force when I need to, but again, be be willing to mentor. And I think that's that's probably one of the greatest things. I couldn't agree more. Hey, do you want to give a shout out to your kids, by the way? How old are they, and uh, um, what are they doing now? Well, so my my kids, who I enjoy so much, are actually adults. So uh, they're, I've got a twenty eight year old, um, Marissa, and she's uh, living in Austin, and she is a 
have a tech writer. So she writes for tech companies. Nice. And I have a 26-year-old, Candace, who just got engaged, and she is a special ed teacher. And I have a 20-year-old son who's in college. Wow. So, Fantastic. Congratulations, Candace. Shout out. Um, <laughs> so you're currently director of uh, Health and Human Services of a moderately sized Texas county here uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. What have you learned about yourself and others during this trialing time, and specifically with regards to leadership? So I have, because I got to circle around and, and people, that's an amazing opportunity. I didn't feel like that, I can tell you, um, when I first stepped into this, but it's an amazing opportunity to be able to serve the, this county during 9-11 and then come back and serve during the pandemic. I mean, that's, I just, you know, that's, that's something that's really um, special. Um, I absolutely would not have said that before. So I can say that I've matured. I can see the differences in, in my leadership style from, um, you know, back in 2001 and now. Um, I, and I just think that, um, you know, the opportunity to walk into 9-11, not expecting to do it, um, and, then, uh, and then into the pandemic, not expecting to do that. Um, and I, I also have learned that um, your passion for, for service in whatever capacity you get Although it may mature, it doesn't have to disappear. And I know that, you know, so I'm, I'm a lot older than I was before, but it, it, it matures, it doesn't disappear. And you can um, exhibit it and display it in different ways. And um, I've learned that I really, really do enjoy teaching and growing people um, into the leaders that they should, that they want to become. And I've, I've absolutely enjoyed that. That's, that's, I think that's really big and really important when we talk about leadership and then kind of that self-reflection. Um, so we, were, we appreciate that. I know you mentioned before, you mentioned a, a mentor, the nurse, um, back in your early tuberculosis days, but do you have an idol? You know, I don't have an idol, idol. I, I really uh, always have looked up to my mom. Um, she was truly grace under fire. Uh, accomplished a lot and made everything look so easy. Um, she was a very calm personality and she just did a lot. And so I think that watching her juggle so much, I, I would say, I don't want to do all of that because I'm, you know, I can't, I can't juggle all of that, which is one of the reasons why I stepped out of the career and focused on um, just on the kids. But um, I, I definitely just appreciate that more and more. And I think all children do. You know, you don't appreciate your parents as much as you do when you become a parent. Then all of a sudden, certain things they did and said and the sacrifices they made um, were, are just huge. So I do think you reflected her uh, quite a bit in, in all the example. So um, I, I guess if I had to name one, it would be her. I, and I think that goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago. If you're a good parent, a good role model, then you turn around, your, your kids can hopefully say that was my idol. And, and hopefully your kids will say the same about you. Um, so let's switch gears just a little bit and talk about EMS. Um, do you have a book or any material that you would um, suggest EMS providers who want to be future leaders? What direction would you point them in a book, uh, a, a speaker? Which direction would you say, hey, I, you should take a look at this resource and and embrace that if you want to be a future leader? Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, that's a great, great question. Um, one of the things that I think we, um, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to our operations uh, 
deputy director of operations, um, this the, the the need for good leadership in in all departments, but certainly in, in our department, and just some leadership training and modeling. Um, so um, I asked each one of you. We've got seven, eight, eight departments, and ask each one of the department leads what um, uh, leadership text that made a, a big influence on them. And so each one of them kind of had one, and I tried to go through and read each one of them, trying to figure out what, what might we do as we go through a lead read in this coming year. So in 2021, the leadership team of Health and Human Services is going to, you know, do a lead read, and what book would be would be the best one? And um, I chose Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, so it's very, very easy for me to, to say that that would be one that I would recommend um, to EMS providers in general, or anyone um, that wants to think about being a, a leader in their family, leader in their community, a leader in their circle of influence, um, and that we all are. Um, at some point, we're all going to be looked on, looked upon to lead. Um, and one of the key points in that is vulnerability, being open and being um, willing to share uh, your weaknesses and your strengths. And um, I think that, that, is, um, that that's a text I definitely would, would recommend. And uh, we'll we'll put a link to that in uh, in the comment section of this podcast. Also, I think you were going to say shout out to the uh, deputy director of operations. Is that uh, Ben? Yes, Ben Addison. So we're, we also have him lined up for the leadership series as well. So we're looking forward to talking to him. So dare to lead. We're gonna we're gonna put a hyperlink in there so so folks can go check that out. Um, if you could go back and change one thing or decision that you've made in the past, what would it be and why? So. Um, I wouldn't change a single thing. And it's not that I don't have memories that make me cringe <laughs> um, and that I would love to, you know, like uh, um, forget, but I'm really clear that every step and every misstep I've made has been valuable in teaching me lessons that I can take into future stages of life. Um, I also think that every poor decision um, or poor outcome creates a bigger space for humility and connection with others. Um, and I think that, you know, I've got a ton of, of those bad moves that allow me to provide grace for others. And there's nothing better than to be able to extend that grace when someone else is in need. So I, I think you can't know it unless you've received it yourself. So I would not change a single thing. That is incredibly well said. I, I'm, I'm writing that down. So your humility has led you to extend grace to others. And that's what, that's the thing about being a, a leader, right? We've talked about humility and grace, being humble. Um, so that was really well said. Thank you. And then to close it up, do you have any advice for those who want to follow in your leadership footsteps? They say, hey, I want to be the director of health, of health and human services or in a similar role. Um, what advice would you give them? Mm, you know, for so many different roles. I would say whatever role you want to be in, just be ready to learn. Be ready to sit back and learn from whoever comes your way. Um, you can learn from, so, so you know, put on my physician hat. You always learn from patients. And I know you all, you know, as EMS providers realize that as well. You learn from people who have um, walking the path before you, who are walking beside you. Um, always be looking for those opportunities to learn. When you... Um, acknowledge that that everyone can teach you something uh, I think that that is um, that allows you just to lead better because um, you acknowledge everyone you respect their their worth and their value and you not just you respect it in words but you're ready to learn then you're you're ready to receive from from everyone and I think that that allows people to feel like a valuable part of your team 
Dr. Mentor, you've been a fantastic guest today. I'm going to give a quick shout out as well because I know I am. Um, um, you shout out your kids. So I'm going to shout out uh, Lieutenant Corey Williams. He's the guy behind the, the soundboard and, and, and all this post-production stuff that nobody gets to see. Um, he does do our uh, disclaimer at the end of this. If you stay on long enough after the music ends, he uh, records our disclaimer. But huge shout out. Each one of these podcasts, it's an tremendous, a tremendous amount of effort and work post-production to clean it up, um, make sure we sound decent, and then add some, add some cool stuff to it. So shout out to Lieutenant Corey Williams. Dr. Mentor, thank you so much for joining us. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to leave us with? No, thank you so much for having me. I will say this. Your chief of EMS has been a great help to me, and I really respect you as a leader and bounce ideas off of him as well. So you guys have wonderful leadership. Shout out to Chief Greg Temple. Thank you so much, Dr. Mentor, and you're welcome back anytime to talk about leadership, public health, or whatever it is you'd like to talk about. We'd love to have you. All right, thanks. Have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. EMS employees are those of employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Fort Bend County EMS or any of his command staff. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our chief of EMS via his administrative assistant or email us at clinical.division.ems at fortbendcountytx.gov.